Monster hooker Mike Sherry, who, following a knee and three shoulder surgeries, spent almost two years sidelined before making his welcome comeback at the start of the season. I went back up to Santry because I knew my shoulder just wasn't right and I was told I need to get it redone again pretty much the season out. I was still hoping to get back by Christmas of next year. Little did I know I had more surgery and more recovery to be done and more threats to my career. Back row Tommy O'Donnell sustained a hip dislocation in Ireland's World Cup warm-up game against Wales in August, but made a timely return to action for both Munster and Ireland midway through the season. Do you know, I would, I would have bitten the hand off you, I suppose, if you'd have told me this back in uh, when the injury first happened, so delighted to be back and obviously it's going very well at the moment, so delighted to be, delighted to be back and playing well. While Munster squad captain Peter O'Mahony ruptured his ACL in Ireland's heroic World Cup win over France in October and is currently in the middle of his rehabilitation programme. In general, feeling very good. Well into my rehab, well down the line of my rehab and, and back of my feet a bit as well. So keeps the mental health refreshed and doing new things every week. So it's, uh, it's going the right direction. In this podcast, we take an in-depth look at Munster Rugby's Return to Play programme, a multidisciplinary approach designed to rehab players as quickly and as safely as possible. Later, we'll talk to Mike, Tommy and Peter about their respective roads to recovery. But firstly... The whole process is overseen by Munster Rugby's rehab coordinator, PJ Wilson. He tells us about his pathway to the position and what it entails on a day-to-day basis. I would have started with Munster Rugby around four, four and a half years ago. I first came in here as an intern. Um, I interned at academy level. From there, I went on and I interned at senior level. And from that position, I got a part-time position at Sub Academy where I was just dealing with young lads on their way into the academy, um, just making sure that they were as prepped as they could be to sort of they have a good chance of making a good run of it when they get into the academy. I spent six months there, and luckily I got the opportunity then to go for a position at senior level. I was lucky enough to get that position as a conditioning assistant. And from there then I... I slowly just moved my way into the rehab position as to was in actually an area I took a lot of interest in. I was, I was um, going to ask that actually, just the role of a, of a rehab coordinator. Is that just something that, that's evolved in the modern game that there wouldn't necessarily have been a position like that going back over the years? Yeah, that's correct. Um, if you do go back, like go back like 10 or 15 years, like the rehab coordinator wouldn't have been there. Hmm. Um, but nowadays it's becoming a lot more common and they're seeing the value of having one person actually in that position to make sure that like players that do go into the rehab setting that it's actually a seamless transition in and out of it so there's no hiccups as per se really so when a player gets injured um, there are a lot of departments that they have to deal with regarding let's just say you have a physiotherapy department the rugby department the strength and conditioning department and all these departments need to work together as one unit in order to make the the whole rehab process very streamlined for the player so it's my job to make sure that all these departments are actually guiding that ship in one direction. Those involved in the Return to Play programme aim not only to bring the player back to where he was, but to make him even better. Here's Tommy O'Donnell and Peter O'Mahony. Yeah, mine, mine was pretty bad and obviously just the way we we approached it, you know, we took took six weeks off there to recharge and just re, kind of unwind from rugby and then that allows you to come back fresh and to approach the whole injury then from a um, from a holistic point of view, you know, become come back a better athlete. Don't just focus on on the hip itself. We we focus on my posture and my strength overall. And we really focus on coming back, being able to put put energy down and be able to be more efficient on the pitch. Yeah, you've always got to see, um, I suppose, the silver lining and, and what you can improve on while you have the time out. It's when you're when you're in the middle of it, in the middle of competitions and stuff. It's very hard to make gains physically and 
Um, that's one thing you do get an opportunity to do when you when you get a bad injury or a long-term injury that you can really put a plan in place and focus on, on the little things you wanted to improve on or, or the big things that you wanted to improve on. So we've prioritised things that I needed to do and, and, and things that I need to make better and, and improve on. And we're certainly well down the line of, 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 of the list and, and improving all the things that we're, we want to improve on. It's a massive coaching opportunity for us, for the player. We put it forward as a mini pre-season area for them. So it's a chance for us to develop the complete athlete. So we'll strip away back all their training down to the very basics, start again and say, what can we do so he comes back a better athlete? Every injury that comes through, comes through our doors, obviously we keep a record of everything because we have a system in place where everything is documented and we go through certain phases of injury to get them through it. So for instance, if a player was to take an MCL grade two, we would, have, we would have had plenty of those before. All we have to do is go back out and pull out one of these MCL grade 2s. But since there's maybe two or three of them, you might have a similar athlete and you might be able to copy and paste over and then just use that as a template to start with the new athlete coming in okay. and just input their data into it. So it's, again, it's pretty much a case of cross-referencing the type of injury with the physiology of a different player who would have gone through that before. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It, look, it gives, us, it gives us a head start, really. Obviously, there are sometimes you get, you get like a, a unique scenario. Tommy is a unique scenario with his injury. Like it's it's, it's a very rare injury in rugby. Normally, they they related more to car accidents. So, from that perspective, we had to put a lot of research inso- into it. We had to go consult externally okay. with people who would have dealt with it in order to get in order to get a starting point on where to deal with him. From those efforts, you end up getting a lot of information, and then you just take all that information and use Tommy and we know what the athlete is uh, we know what he is like as an athlete as we spend time with him we've developed a relationship with him we have old scores regarding strength speed conditioning and we take those and use the information and we try and progress our way back to the old scores and if not on again to even better we break it down to three phases we have an acute phase a general training phase and a sport specific phase so the acute phase is the very early days of the of the process where predominantly it's led by the physiotherapy department. Then when they move into the general training phase, this is where we're working on general physical qualities needed um, in order to tolerate the game. And then the sport-specific training phase is when we actually move back into, into squad training. So now we're actually handing over to the rugby coaches a lot more. But once we hand, into, hand over into that phase, it's, it's led predominantly by the rugby coaches but it's heavily monitored by every other department, so yet again by the physiotherapy department and by the strength and conditioning department. Munster captain Peter O'Malley is currently in the general training phase of his process and he takes us through a typical week for him at the moment. Yeah, um, I'm kind of, I'm almost bang on halfway through it, so um, week at the moment. I've uh, come in Monday, movement prep. I have maybe two upper body sessions and I head away for food. Um, back in again, then a plyos, play, plyometric session and a leg session to finish. And a Monday is quite long. Um, Tuesday, then you'd have a, you could have come in, movement prep again, and then a double, another double upper body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might push the uh, Monday pull, Tuesday, um, and then a, a, a pl- another plyometrics after lunch with um, a speed session, and then. Wednesday you'd have your recovery day so it's important it's probably the most important day 
to get the benefit out of your previous two days training and then you repeat that on, on Thursday, Friday. You were inside in the gym today with uh, John Madigan. He's also coming back from, from an ACL and having someone like that to train alongside with, does that make a big difference? Yeah, it does. Um, you know, you've got someone to, to train with. Um, we've been blessed with the, the way we're being coached. I mean, you, you saw there, we're, there's, there's three of us, myself, John, and, and, and be looked after by a, a very impressive S&C coach, Aidan O'Connell. Um, and Adam Sheehan, who wasn't there today, they're, they're, the two of them are looking after us and working with Keith as well, my physio. And for a lot of our sessions, we're, we're almost getting two-to-one coaching, you know, and it's... Um, it's it's we're very lucky you know and even when you're in season you're in a session with the squad and there's and there's 14 15 e training in the gym maybe but you you've a guy who can look at almost every rep you do in the gym from all sessions and it's uh it's certainly something that you learn a huge amount from but you make you probably make massive gains on quite quickly as well you know and just having that some someone to train with all the time you can push each other on. There's a lot of slagging goes on, and <laughs> competing goes on, and it's uh, it's good for the mental health as well. Look, you've got someone inside you who's going through the same sort, same sort of issues, both psychologically and physically. So, like, if you have an injury, like at least you have, they can empathise with each other. Mm-hmm. Number one, um, they become training partners. They develop a close relationship as well. So, you try and schedule all their training together. Um, they have great crack. Hopefully, you're trying. You're trying to stimulate that as much as you can because the more enjoyable the environment is for them, the more of an opportunity they'll have to get through it faster. They're competitive athletes, and if you if you do have them teamed up like that, you'll get another benefit again. Like they'll compete against each other to be better. Um, and for the likes of John and Peter, like you, you can see the two of them. Like they, they seem to light up around each other. Rehabbing injuries can be not just a physical battle, but a mental battle also. Here's Munster hooker Mike Sherry. The way the shoulder went, mm. I definitely did. I think that would be career-threatening at uh, certain stages. Um, just because of, I was told, you know, it should be at a certain stage and mm-hmm. it just wasn't anywhere near where it needed to be. I knew myself, I was going in for very basic rehab sessions and grimacing and in mm. agony and trying to convince myself it was okay. and. You know, staying up all night, moving my shoulder around, trying to see mm. what was comfortable and nothing was. So from that point of view, I did have a lot of dark thoughts in terms of my career. And, you know, I went in every day and some days it was hard. I knew I was going in there, sometimes fighting a losing battle. But mentally it was torture, to be honest. It was just, um, you know, I probably suffered from sleep deprivation. I was just, I couldn't mm. shut off. I was constantly thinking about it and worrying and feeling all these different things in my shoulder that, you know, I... I knew weren't normal. Was there what was do you think for yourself was the lowest point throughout the whole thing? Oh, quite a few. Um, I suppose doing the whole pre-season last year, and on week eight, the end of week eight of pre-season, just before we started pre-season matches, yeah. I went back up to Santry because I knew my shoulder just wasn't right, and I was told I need to get it redone again. Mm. Um, pretty much the season out, I was still hoping to get back by Christmas of next year. Little did I know I had more surgery and more recovery to be done and more threats to my career but at that time yeah I was very low I woke up and realised what the surgeon had done and the nurse came in and asked me for toast or tea I can't remember what it was and yeah. I just couldn't talk I was distraught the couple of weeks on, on crutches and stuff that's the part probably that I found toughest um, leg up and ice in every half an hour 40 minutes um, not being able to get out of the house and it's it's tough going for the first few days certainly it's up to us to try and create a like a massive positive environment around him mm-hmm. so like you bring him in and, and you try to cool him down you say look we have a week or two to actually discuss a lot of things here and 
we show them, do you know what? This is where you are at the moment. This is where you came from. We have a massive opportunity with you to go into this mini pre-season period and develop you again. We have, like, it's, it's, it's really sitting the athlete down and just reassuring them, we are going to do everything we possibly can in order to bring you back a better athlete. And I suppose in doing so, then that turns what is perceived by many as a negative into very much a positive. Do you know what? That's the most important thing. Turn it into a positive as soon as you possibly can. Once the mindset changes of the athlete, the rehabilitation process kicks in in a very positive manner then. Every gain you make is, is a positive and that starts feeding into your positivity and, and every little step forward you take in training and, and you see a new programme every four weeks and you see all, all the new things that are coming in and, and the things you're doing better. Um, Back on the back in your feet, then back to speed and and running and, and doing a bit of movement squares now and, and a little bit of agility. Every time you do something different, it, mm. it feeds into your your positivity and 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 your your drive for getting back playing. But what about the mental battle immediately before they return to competitive action? Here's Tommy O'Donnell again. Um, I think I walked on the pitch knowing I was ready to go. Um, I was more worried about performing than I was about the injury. Mm. I think that was that, that's what really helped me through it. I think um, I knew. I think I. I think I kind of resigned to the fact that it was a freak injury mm. two weeks after the incident, and I held no. I no. Um, I wasn't afraid of injuring it again. I knew that this thing, like I could fall that way a million times, yeah. and it wouldn't happen again. Yeah. And I think that's that's probably the easiest way to do it. You know, there was no malice in it. There was no. It was just an unlucky way I landed, mm-hmm. and I approached it like that. And then, obviously, the way it was healing, I knew it was very, very strong, mm-hmm. and I was very confident about it. Tested it out a lot, obviously with the contact and return to contact protocols that we have. So I knew when I was stepping on the pitch that I was ready to go and I knew I actually knew the hip was in a really good place it was probably better than it was before I got injured you're probably telling yourself now I haven't experienced with my knee yet but obviously but uh, with my shoulders you come into it uh, and you've done all the work so you, you you've told yourself you're good but you still you still need that bang mm. and you'd still need that that done to go ah it's, it's fine now yeah. and uh, it comes it comes fairly quickly as well there's probably a few lads on the training field when you go back into contact would be lining up to test it out yeah, for you, would they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Big bullseye in your back when you get back. But um, no, as you said, you've probably done two or three weeks of contact work as it is anyway. So you, you've got you've got bumped around. and But it is different when you get back. I remember back, my shoulders. I think Leinster was my first game back and it was good to just get your first contact in mm-hmm. and, yeah. and get back into it and and feel that, that real game fatigue and, and blowing for, for whatever it is, 15, 20 minutes when you do go back. It sounds like a cliche, but there probably is no substitute for going out and actually playing a game. In a sense, that's nearly the very end of your rehab then because you can never really replicate that in the training field, can you? No, well, like, uh, <clears throat> I think the way professional rugby's gone, you, you've, we've got as close to it as we can in training. Mm the way it's so important to keep players fit and, and, on, and on the pitch and, and training for as, as much as possible you've, you've got to leave the 10% or 15% that, that is the difference or 20% at times when you're playing obviously big games that you can't replicate and, and, and that's something that that's something that obviously you can't you, you can't practice in training it's, it's, it's certainly different when you do get on the pitch yeah. you yourself in your role in particular and also Aidan O'Connell here in Cork, yeah, doing the majority of the rehab work. You must form a very special bond with these players. 
you have you have to really you you have to go out of your way to make sure you actually develop that bond. Um, the relationship, I would say, is probably more important than any other aspect of it. If you develop a good relationship with the athletes, you, you gain a lot of trust from them. Mm-hmm. If you have their trust, they're actually going to buy into your program a lot more. So once they buy into the program, then yet again, like they're going to maximize what they can get out of the program. So developing that relationship is is, is a vitally important aspect of 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 um, Aidan O'Connell's job and myself. It's it's not always the outcome that you want. You know, we had the likes of Damien Varley, who would have retired recently. Presumably, they're the hardest days in the office. They are. They are like you can't really take it away, take away from how hard it is from the athletes. And I can only imagine how hard it is because obviously I've never been in a situation like that. And for us, it's it's devastating enough as well because look, you try so hard, and and sometimes sometimes things just don't go your way. Um, and unfortunately, look, that's just. That's just the name of the game in, in professional sport. Some days are bad, some days are good. Um, you're always trying to push for the good days. The flip side of that, presumably, is, again, to use the example of Tommy, seeing him run out and do so well for Munster and put in some great performances for Ireland so far this season, having having worked so close with him. They're, they're the best days, I'd imagine, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're actually they're fantastic days. You get a massive amount of enjoyment from actually watching players return to the pitch. Um, it's not so. It's not so much enjoyment for yourself. Like it's actually enjoyment for the player, because they, they, it's it's those kids that put in the work, and they're putting in so much work. Like they deserve, they deserve everything they get. And for the likes of Tommy there to get back into national camp again, like it's just everyone's delighted for him. Like he just he worked hard for it, man, and he he, he deserved it. He deserves to be back up there. Word to the squad captain, who like the rest of the side and management has a deep sense of appreciation for the work carried out by those involved in the return to play program. They're, they're pro club men and, and they want to see the club do as well as they can and it doesn't matter whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday or a, or a Monday at lunchtime, they'll be there and they'll be there for you for a, for a slot or, or some advice or, or if you have a question or, or, or an exercise they need, you want them to look at, they'll be there and, and they do a massive amount outside of it as well, meetings and planning things and certainly we're very lucky with the staff we have. For more podcasts, you can check us out at monsterrugby.ie or subscribe to Monster Rugby on iTunes or SoundCloud. Mm-hmm.